This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, that your grace is sufficient for our every need. I thank you, God, that you have gathered us together and you have purpose for us today. And Lord, I celebrate with Eve this declaration this morning that you are able and you're faithful. And Lord, I thank you that you have created room now for us to increase and to to grow And God, I thank you that you're going to send the right souls. Come on, agree with me. You're going to send the right people to sit in these seats. Lord, you're going to send the right people that that, that need to know you, just like that one who found you this morning, God. You're going to send those that need to know you. God, you're going to send the broken and the discouraged. You're You're going to send the weary, and they're going to come to know you, and their lives are going to be changed forevermore. Father, thank you, God, for what you're going to do. I thank you for how you're going to speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God is so good to us. Amen. Well, we began a study last Sunday morning on the book of, uh, or the, actually the chapter of Romans 8. Romans chapter number 8. And we started in verse number 31 as we talked about the fact that, that God is for us. Amen. How many know God's for you? Amen. Did anybody else need that passage this week? Can I see your hand? Okay. Well, I actually had to uh, uh, use it at one point. The enemy just began to barrage me with an attack, and and, and it was just fairly early in the week, and it was just coming on, and, and I just, right where I was, I bowed my head, and I just started saying, God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. I can't give in to the attack of the enemy because God is for me. God is for me. And I'll be honest with you, I threw a little preacher voice in there to it. Amen. So God's for me. Amen. Glory. And you know what? It helps me move past that, remembering I can overcome because if God is for us, who can stand against us? Amen. Today we're going to move back to the verse number one of Romans chapter eight. Verse number one, and I want to bring you a message entitled Clawless today. Clawless. And and, and I really believe that in 30 years of preaching this gospel, this probably, uh, I'm not going to talk about my delivery style, but this probably is the, uh, the finest sermon I've ever had uh, the privilege to bring. Now you may or may not agree uh, with that when we're done, but I really believe this is the finest message that I have ever been able to bring to a group of people. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, as the Lord blesses his word as we read it. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Well, how powerful is that? We could almost stop right there, couldn't we? Amen. So so now there is, what's that? No condemnation. Let's just confess that. uh, Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Jesus. Wow, what a privilege to be able to stand upon a scripture like that. You know, our lives are made up of, of memories. Our, uh, our lives are made up of memories that we cherish. And, and studies show us that, that only about 3% of what you experience will ever make it into your long-term memory. Okay? So about 3% of what you go through in your life is going to stay with you in your life. So 3% has a great effect upon who you are. 
97% disappears into the place that we call forgotten. It slips away. It quickly is gone. Those moments that you think, man, I'll remember this forever. We'll say this. I'm never going to forget this. Uh, very, very often it is quickly forgotten. But the 97 of life that doesn't make the cut that goes away has an amazing effect upon us, but even a greater effect is that 3% that is so powerful. Because those 3% that makes your uh, long-term memory actually determines the decisions you're making, the feelings that you feel, and the future that you envision for your life most often is based upon those 3% that actually make it to your long-term memory. A huge portion of the 3% of these memories are actually surrounded by pain and failures. Uh, one of the, probably the overwhelming size of that is, is that you have somehow sinned. You, you did some kind of an action that you regret greatly, and because of the deep shame and the deep pain that that action caused, it marked your life. I think most of you would agree with me. You can think of things that have marked your life that you wish would have never happened, that you wish you had never gone there, you wish you had never tried that, you wish you had never said that, you wish if you could just take it back. Those are the moments that shake you. Can I get an Amen for those in your life. And those things become central players in our lives. And they really become the predominant memories of our lives. And these memories exert their power over most of us. And we find ourselves a prisoner of the past. We find ourselves struggling with condemnation. We find ourselves, even if we confess these sins, we still find ourselves condemned for these sins. We find ourselves struggling with what, how we failed and the problems that came to our life. And that feeling of condemnation undermines the fact that God is for us. We can't really believe God is for us because how could God be for us since we did that? Somebody said, how come you always preach to me at your church? I said, no, I don't preach to you. I just put a mirror up in front of me and preach to myself. And if a little bit falls on you, then that, that means we're in the same boat. Can I get an amen for that? And I struggle with the grace of God so many times. And I struggle with the fact that God can be for us because I learned to expect failure because I know that I deserve failure. I learn to expect struggles because I know what I really deserve, but we keep living under the denial and the lie of the devil that we are somehow still condemned, but the word of God in promise says we are no longer condemned. We keep beating ourselves up. We keep tripping over these hurdles. We believe the lies that surround our past, and we self-fulfill the prophecies of our own failure because we know that's what we really deserve because we live under condemnation. But the only peace that you'll find in your life, I feel this today, the only freedom that you can ever really find, the only way that you can fully move forward in your life is to completely accept, to completely understand, and to completely believe that there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you ever really want to become the believer that God's called you to be, you've got to accept this verse for what it is, and that is truth, that you are free because of Jesus Christ. You didn't walk into this place if you're a believer half saved you walked into this place fully saved by the grace of God who is able to finish the work that he began in your life I've come to preach truth to you today and we need to move forward for God but the problem is we find ourselves most of us held hostage by one or two past failures 
Think about that. If we could just change that. There's one incident in my life that if I could go back to, I mean, there's tons of incidents like this, but one that haunts me the most, and I can still remember what I felt at that moment. I can still remember the shame that came over me at that moment. I can, I can still remember. I mean, when I think about that, I get so embarrassed, and, and I get sick to my stomach. I remember that moment, and when I start feeling like I'm going somewhere, that moment always has a way of coming around in my life. Am I the only one? It has a way of showing up in our lives. And if that sin was a secret sin, most of us find ourselves in solitary confinement because of it. We live in fear that somebody will find out what we did. And if they know what we did, they will invalidate us. And that will will, uh, knock back every single thing that we've ever accomplished. But the problem is this. You're too focused on what you've done instead of what he's done. Because in Christ, we learn to accept what he did for us instead of focusing on how we failed ourselves. Amen. I've come to give you a message of hope, a message that Jesus Christ is for you, and in him there is no condemnation this morning. Amen. You see, we find ourselves defining ourselves by what we've done wrong instead of defining ourselves by what Christ has done right. Or we define ourselves by the hurtful things done to us instead of defining ourselves by what Christ did for us. You see, we find ourselves like the woman in the Gospel of John, who was caught in the act of adultery. She is brought before Christ, thrown at His feet. She is surrounded by people who are just as guilty as she was. They were just as much sinners. We know this because Jesus looks at them and He says, they said, well, Lord, what do you want us to do? They're trying to trap Him and He writes in the ground and He says, and we don't know what He wrote, but He looks up at, up at the, I mean, doesn't even look at Him. He says, hey, one of you with no sin, you throw the first stone. And they all drop the stones and walk away. We find ourselves in the place that she was because then he turns his attention to her and he looks at her and he says this. And I want you to catch this today. He gives grace and then he gives a promise. He looks at her and he says, your sins are forgiven. Go your way and sin no more. He says, look, you are completely 100% forgiven. And the moment that Jesus Christ declared her forgiveness, she was 100% forgiven. As a matter of fact, somebody said, how can he do that? That was before the cross. At one place he said, I have power to forgive sins on earth, which is easier to say, rise and take up your bed and walk, or to say your sins are forgiven. Jesus Christ, the Son of glory, said, I know who my hope is, and I know that I am the one who's going to pay the price, and I'm able to impute to you righteousness, and he gave it to her. And that's where we find ourselves. We're struggling. We go through battles. We go through problems. And we come to Jesus and we say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. And we don't accept the fact that he says we're forgiven because we don't yet know how to walk in the promise. The forgiveness, your sins are forgiven. The promise, go your way and sin no more. What he says is, what I've done in you, listen to me now, what I've done in you enables you to be different tomorrow. What I've done in you enables you to take a life full of pain and a life full of struggles. And this might have wounded three generations of your family. But you see, you're not dealing with your family. You're dealing with your father. And your father looks at you and says, you're forgiven. Now you don't have to be that person anymore. I feel that this morning. Amen. He takes a life of regret. He pours in forgiveness. And he unleashes the possibility of living a new and different life from that point on. 
But our problem is that we can't seem to move on from our past to the potential of the promise because we keep failing over and over again and we carry this mantle of condemnation that explains why we fail. You've always made that mistake. That's always been your trigger. That's always been. See, the problem is we're too focused on what we've always been and we're not focused enough on what he's always been and he's always been able and he's always been gracious and he's always fulfilled every promise. Amen. Sorry I'm yelling so much this morning, but I feel this down inside of who I am. You see, we keep on sinning, but we need hope. And let me give you some hope out of the Word. Joshua chapter 5, verse number 9. I believe this, this will really bring some hope to your life. Joshua 5, verse number 9 reads like this. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today, watch this, today, when? Today. Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt, so that place has been called Gilga to this day. I want you to get the hope in this, this almost obscure verse in the Old Testament. He said, today you're no longer a slave. Today you're free. Today there's freedom for you. Now watch this. Joshua 5, 9 is uh, 40 years after they left Egypt. They are 381 miles northeast of Egypt at this point. And God says, 40 years later, 381 miles away, but that a lot of miles to get there, he said, today I make you no longer a slave. Now, wait a minute. They were free, and God freed them when he brought them out of Egypt 40 years before. Listen to me now. They were free when they walked out of Egypt because they were no longer slaves. They could make their own decisions. They could walk in their own path. But the problem is they had grown up slaves. That All they ever knew was slaves. Their daddies were slaves. Their daddy's daddy and daddy, daddy daddy was a slave and it's all they knew because that's what they had been ingrained in them and they didn't yet know how to walk free and here's the promise here's the hope of Christ you see he brings them to a place called Gilga and he says today I'm finally rolling away the old life and you're going to begin to walk in the promise of the new life some of you are saying pastor are you telling me it'll take me 40 years to get uh, uh, forgiven no you are forgiven on the day you accept Jesus Christ but it may take you time to learn to walk out from under that condemnation. It may take you time to stop doing what you've always done. It may take you time to get a freedom that God called you to, but the hope is this. Your failure does not determine your condition. His promise determines your condition, and God called you to be set free and to walk in victory. Amen. I feel it. Pastor Fernando was here Wednesday night, and he said, will you please just get up there and stomp your foot and say, I feel it. Amen. <laughs> you see, they were free the day they walked out of Egypt. They were free on that day, but they still acted like that. And sometimes it takes time to bring closure to your feelings of condemnation. Sometimes you have to travel distance and time just to get the past out of your present. You need to understand that. But don't doubt that God's wanting to roll your past away. If you are in Christ, you are no longer defined by what you've done wrong. You are defined rather by what Christ has done right. You are a new creation, but it takes time for your old man to roll out of the way. Can I get an amen? You see, God can deliver you in one day, but it may take years to break that old habit. You know the best way to break an old habit? Create a new habit. Amen. Make a new habit. Create a new habit. The best way... And I want you to note something from our, our text today. I want you to see this from our, from our text today. It says, there is now. 
no condemnation. Get this. There is what? Now. Present tense. This is a present tense statement. There is right now no condemnation. You need to realize today that you are fully forgiven now. You need to realize that right here, right now, because of the grace of Jesus Christ, if you have called upon him as your Lord and Savior, you are fully forgiven. This is a truth. You're either forgiven or you're a sinner. One or the other. You're either guilty or forgiven. You're either living in sin or living in Christ. You're either a sinner or you're a saint right now. Get this. Full forgiveness is our present tense reality. If you are in Christ Jesus, full forgiveness is yours. Some of you go, but Pastor Don, you don't understand what I did yesterday. But see, you don't understand what he did at a cross. You don't understand that he does not. The scripture says we don't crucify him again. We don't take him back to the cross again and again and again and again. We have to accept the fact that if he loved you and he saved you, he'd already died for every sin and he's able to walk that through in your life. Somebody said, this preacher likes to yell. Well, you should have known that by now. Come on now. Amen. Here's a really great example of how forgiven we are. How many of you would, you, would agree with me today that it is a simple tenet of our faith? I mean, it's solid. It, this is who we are in Christianity, that Jesus Christ nailed our sins to the cross. How many of you would agree with me today? Amen. All right, let me see. I, I need some, you know what, Kyle, you're sitting on the front row. You're a construction guy. Come on up here. Come on up here. I'll tell you what, we'll put brother-in-law against brother-in-law. Come on up here, Jeffrey. When I said that in the 3%, there's usually two to three sins in that 3% that, that, that come back to us all the time. Did, did y'all have any trouble finding your two or three things, or did it come up pretty quick? Pretty quick. You don't have to confess it. <laughs> but did, did you find one? Yeah. All right, well, that's it. All right? And that's it. Now, this is not a race, but you are a brother-in-law. I want you to take this, and I want you to take that sin and put it in the cross where it belongs. And I want you to put it in there right. Put it in there good. All right. Is it down in there good? It's pretty good. It ain't coming out. All right. Uh, here's the thing now. Now, now take it out. <laughs> I want you to use that hammer right there, and I want you to take it out. Hang it down in there a little further with this side. With that hammer there, right? <laughs> How come you can't get that nail out of there? What'd you say? It's clawless hammer. When Jesus nailed your sins to the cross, the hammer of God's grace was clawless. And you need to understand that today. You need to understand that. Hold on a second, guys. I want you to understand. Every time the devil brings whatever those two things are up, stop trying to take them out of the cross. Lay down your clawed hammer of condemnation and listen to the resounding sound of the hammer of grace. It says God is for you. And in him there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Can you give the Lord a praise for that truth this morning? Amen. I don't want you going out of here and doing what some people do with this verse, though. It's important you learn the difference between condemnation and conviction. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and you're like, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. Sometimes it's conviction. That's an awful week, amen, for such a powerful truth. You see, condemnation 
is feeling guilty over confessed sin. See, condemnation tells you there's no hope. Condemnation tells you you'll always be that way. Condemnation tells you that you're going, there, there's no way for you to step up and out of where you are. Condemnation tells you God's through with you. But conviction is feeling guilty over unconfessed sin, which tells me there is hope if I'll take it to the cross. If I'll say, God, you see my, my ways, you see my sins, you see where I am. And Lord, I know you've already finished the work, but I need to accept that. I need to confess this so I can walk in the freedom that you've already finished for me. And we struggle. And I mean, I mean, we've literally been there. You know you've been there. You start, feeling, you start feeling the sin that you're dealing with. You start feeling those things in your life. And you start going, oh, there's no condemnation in Christ. There's no... And you know what? The problem is you know you're still right in the middle of that. You're, you, you can't find the forgiveness to get into the promise because you're still not willing to walk in the promise. You want to hold on to it. And that's why you need conviction. Matter of fact, somebody cut a clip of this and tell people that the reason we're uh, growing is because people say that we, we're not preaching holiness. I'm preaching about, that's about as much holy as you can get. God's good. God's faithful. And you need to walk in God's goodness and walk in God's faithfulness. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit is necessary because it's His gift to us. Let me tell you something. The day you stop feeling sorry for that sin, it's been in your life too long. Don't make me have to give my own amens this morning. <laughs> Conviction leads us to get our lives right with God. We must learn to listen to the conviction that comes from God. And we must learn to tune out the condemning from the enemy. So which voice are you going to believe? I believe the voice that says, Now there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 1 John Chapter 1, verse number 8. 1 John, chapter 1, verse number 8. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. How much truth is that? See, what that tells me, it says, if I say that I'm sinless, then I'm guilty. But if I confess my guilt, I'm found innocent. See, that's how we walk in the promise. You are forgiven, now go be free. By confessing my weaknesses. And not beating myself up over them. But here's what the Holy Spirit impressed to me. Part of the problem in our lives is that our prayers become part of the 97%. We pray prayers that are not memorable. Oh, he'll forgive me. God, Father God, forgive me of all my sins. And, and now I lay me down to sleep. The young preacher would have expected an amen there, but I think that was more an oh me moment. You see, I can still tell you what the carpet looked like when I got saved. I can probably tell you what it smelled like almost. I, can, I still have that image. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? I remember an old country church, Bowersville, Georgia. I kneeled <clears throat> just beside where the pulpit area was, right in the little corner, and, and I buried my head in that carpet. 
and I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I prayed a memorable prayer but I prayed prayers of repentance that have been less than memorable many times in my life but I'm reminded of why we pray David's prayer of repentance he said God it's not your fault it's all my fault it's nobody else's fault it's all my fault he said God do whatever it takes that's how you translate use the hyssop do whatever it takes to clean me out God do whatever it takes to let me walk in your forgiveness and he said God I want you to just just create within me a clean heart restore within me a right spirit oh God take cast me not away from your presence oh God how come he was able to walk in the promise because he was sincere in his repentance when I get sincere in my repentance that's what releases me from the condemnation because I take the sacrifice that's already been given and when I repent faithfully and in truth I'm covered I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ so as you stand with me today we're going to sing through an old song for just a moment and then we're going to pray I want you to think about what you need to nail to the cross Jesus there is now no condemnation you need to lay the hammer of condemnation down and you need to let grace my goodness I feel the Holy Ghost of God right now you need to let grace come into your life God wants you to know he died for the sin that you've been holding on to he died for the thing that's condemning you yet even now and by the power of the Holy Spirit, if you'll lay it down at the cross of Jesus Christ, you will be free. You, I declare your freedom by the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Right now, with everyone praying, no one looking around. How many of you would say with me today, Pastor, God, God is my only hope to be free from this condemnation that's chasing me, and I'm willing to accept it. Let me see your hand if that's you. I know our time is, is really come and gone, and this, I don't care. It's going to be a mess up there, but I don't care. 
if, if you're here and you say, Pastor Don, I either want to lay some condemnation down or I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. And there's been hands all over this place. Would you quickly join me in this altar? Would you quickly, quickly move this way? Quickly. It was the majority of this congregation that was responding quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm laying it down. 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 I'm nailing it. I'm nailing it. I'm nailing it. Can you hear that? That's what's happening. You're putting it on the cross. That's what's happening. Can you hear that? My goodness. My goodness. I feel the Holy Ghost of God. I feel the Holy Ghost of God. Somebody said, well, without a claw, you could tear the cross apart. I'm going to tell you, the cross of Jesus Christ has had many things try to tear it down over 2,000 years, but it's still standing, and it's still true, and it still proclaims hope to all of us that there is hope in Him alone. Every head bowed again. I'm going to pray with these in the altar in just a moment. Maybe you're in this altar, maybe you're not. But you're here today, and you say, Pastor Don, I'm not only laying down condemnation, but today I want to give my life completely to Jesus Christ. I want to surrender to the hope that God is for me and you're willing to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you today and you don't know him as your Savior or, you, or you're rededicating your life, wherever you are, with everyone praying, just put your hands straight up in the air if that's you today. Today, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, who else will join with these three that have raised their hands today? In Jesus' name, thank you. Are there others right now? In Jesus' name, thank you. Are there others? In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for what you're doing. Somebody in here, I just, I just feel as I was about to start praying. I feel this today. You've not raised your hand yet. You can put your hands down if you have them up in the air. But you've not raised your hand yet. And this is the day you know you need to make some things right with God. Put them straight up. Hold them up high. Hold it up high if that's you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. My goodness, the Holy Spirit of God is waiting on you. Waiting on you. Hallelujah. I want to pray a prayer for those that are finding Christ today. And then I want to pray all of, over all of these that are in this altar. Quickly in Jesus' name. Let's pray this prayer of faith together. The Bible says we will uh, confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead. We would be born again. So let's pray this prayer with them right now. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promise. I believe you are for me and not against me. And in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. Forgive me. Cleanse me. In Jesus' name, I accept this forgiveness. In Jesus' name, God is my Father. In the name of the risen Son of God, heaven is my home. Jesus is my Savior. This matter is settled for all eternity. Father, I pray for those that have prayed this prayer and for those that are in this altar laying down the condemnation. God, I ask you right now by the power of the Holy Spirit as I thank you for the grace of God that bears no claws, that is clawless, that will not, will not uh, be removed from our lives, the grace of God that covers us and protects us. Lord, I thank you, God, that right now as they're laying down this condemnation and in Jesus' name, they're taking the step toward the promise. In Jesus' name, they're moving toward the fulfillment of the promise of God that you're going to change their lives for all eternity in the name of I declare them free. Come on now. I declare them free. You need to say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free by the blood of Jesus Christ. They are free because God is for them in Jesus' name. Now, come on, give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel the Holy Spirit of God. Amen.
Amen. Hallelujah. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.